The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome to a brief, short version, midnight edition of the POD cast, the Pride of Detroit podcast. We are here very early Saturday morning or very late Friday night, whatever you want to say. We are recapping day two of the Detroit Lions 2021 NFL draft uh, rounds two and three, in which the Lions made, I would say, some surprising picks, um, but ones that actually, if you kind of view the, the, the bigger picture, Maybe make a little bit of sense, but before we get into the nitty gritty, my name is Jeremy Reisman. I am the editor in chief of Pride of Detroit. With me is Eric Schlitt, the managing editor of Pride of Detroit. Eric, are you still awake? I am. I, I, I think I'm. Uh, I'm going to hold on for a little while longer here. And we also got writer for Pride of Detroit. Uh, we don't have a fancy title for him yet, but we're going to think of one. Columnist. Mike Payton, col- columnist. Yeah, columnist. Yeah, that's okay. what I'm calling myself. <laughs> that's accurate. Uh, Mike Payton is here. POD underscore Peyton on Twitter. Mike, how you doing, man? I'm good. You know, interesting. Real quick. Yes. Yesterday was the 30th was my 10-year wedding anniversary. Right now, May 5th, May 1st is my fifth year anniversary at Pride of Detroit. Right now. Hey. There you go. Congratulations. Anniversaries in a row. Well, let's get into today because it was a very, very busy day. The Lions make three picks. They do not trade for the second day in a row. Stick with where they're at. They first start with Levi Onzurike. I almost got it on the first try. Uh, second round, uh, I'm sorry, third round, they double up on defensive tackle and go Lee McNeil. And then they finish out the day by going Ifatu, Melifanwu at corner. None of those picks, I think, really express a big need, filling a big need on the roster, at least in terms of the 2021 team. But I think where the, the picks have values in terms of really just just that the value um a lot of those picks i think were expected to either take place earlier or or right around where the picks went in so uh, i just want to throw to you eric first first impressions of day two i i think what they did today was they got players who are going to fill uh rotational roles and you know we often look at starters and we think that the starters are the most important players because they're going to be on the field. Like, you know, we get caught up in like the Madden game and, and stuff like that, where uh, a starter can play every snap 
on defense. And that's just not the reality of the NFL. You need guys who can come in and back up uh, those starters and you need guys who can play at a variety of different spots. And, and all three of these guys are going to give you some value either as a starter or as a rotational player who can play at different spots. So uh, Anzarike is a guy who can back up both defensive tackle spots. McNeil is a guy who could challenge to start if, or in a minimum back up the nose tackle spot. And then uh, Melifanu is a outside corner who Brad Holmes literally just said could a potential safety or even uh, cover bigger slot receivers, right? Because that's becoming more trendy, right? We're seeing a lot more of big slots in the NFL and you need a big corner that's capable right now. You know, we we've seen the, the trend is your the, the nickel corners are still like your five, nine, five, 10 type corners yet. They're being asked to match up against guys like Quintus Cephas, who's six foot one or, uh, you know, TJ Hawkinson, who's six foot five. Right. Yeah. And so it's a tall task for those guys. And so the idea of transitioning some of these bigger, skill players, bigger defensive backs to be able to work within the slot to match up against those bigger slot offensive players uh, is a good idea. And you get to see a little bit of that. Um, Holmes said he believed Melifanu could do that. I believe, uh, I mentioned this earlier on the stream, I believe Okuda is, is a capable corner of doing the same thing as well. I think he can shift in against bigger guys. So uh, it's, it's potential. It's um, a lot of athleticism. The key trend with all of them is that they have really good quickness, really good first steps. They have really good hand usage. They all like to hit people, uh, and the defensive tackles really like to hit people. So um, it's there's a lot of character trends that we're seeing, right? It's uh, the mentally smart players, guys who have uh, you know football backgrounds with either with with family members or just. Uh, or like just a lot of experience themselves and uh, or, you know, like with McNeil, he's he's multi-sport experienced, even yeah. though he's, you know, 320 pounds. This is a guy who was an outfielder uh, on the baseball team and he, and he was a running back in high school. And, and it's just just there's a lot of unique traits that these guys bring. And, and like you said, when you introduce them, the value fits the player even though it's not necessarily some uh, positional need that we were looking at the, the value of what we were projecting these players to go are mat is matching up super well with where the Lions ended up taking them. Yeah. And you kind of hit on the two major points that I came away with tonight, which is one, that value thing. And, and Brad Holmes kind of gave us a hint as, as to how valuable they viewed these guys in that um, they almost traded up for own Zurique in the, in the, in the second round. Um, but he basically got told by everyone in the room, just be patient, just be patient. And he ends up falling to him. Uh, and then when you talk about Mel Fonwu, um, he's a guy that apparently stuck out on their draft board as a guy who was being, who was way above the value of where he was. So they, they essentially sounds like they didn't have a, really a choice in the matter, but to take a guy that they had rated much higher than where they took him at the end of the third round. And then the other one is athleticism. The Lions have said all offseason they want to get faster on defense. They just got a lot faster on defense um, in, in every position. So uh, it, it, it matches what some of the things they said, um, but I know it didn't hit a couple of needs. Um, but let's throw it to you, Mike. Um, what, what are your overall thoughts on the night? Are, are you happy? Are you sad? 
Are you confused? Um, what, what are you thinking right now? Well, right now I'm happy. Uh, it, I'm about as happy about Anzarike as uh, as Brad Holmes is. And it sounds like, you know, judging from his comments during the presser, it sounds like he's been in love with Anzarike since he was still in Los Angeles. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, he was talking about looking at yeah. him last fall and, you know, we yeah. all know where he was then. But uh, Anzarike, I, I see a lot of different opportunities with him. And I know that, you know, uh, uh, Eric was saying that you could you could put him as one, you know, in competition with the number two D defensive tackles. But I, I, I see situations where you could put him on the edge. I mean, he's not your typical defensive tackle. He's a little bit taller. He's a little bit skinnier. He's got a little bit more speed than a McNeil or, or uh, Danny Shelton did last year and something like that. And um, and you can still put him in the middle. And, and I think there's a lot of uh, reason to think that Michael Brockers might slide over to the edge as well. I think there's, there's just a lot that this defensive line can do with these two guys uh, that they just picked up today. And, and, and McNeil, as, as Eric was mentioning, multi-sport athlete, he is a big boy, but he does not move like a big boy. He, he is, uh, he's got a twitch speed. I mean, he's, he's very fast. He can get to the quarterback. He doesn't look like a guy that you would expect to just stop the run. He looks like he might be able to, you know, get back there and, and put some pressure on the quarterback every now and again. Uh, as uh, with Iffy, I'm going to call him Iffy now because apparently that's what we're all doing. Uh, I still, I still see safety with him. I, I, I don't know. I mean, we'll see where it goes from here. But I, I just, I think with the, with his length and and what he's able to do and and with with what the Lions have at corner right now and, and a need at safety, I, I think you could slide Iffy over there. Yeah, I mean, let, let's let's stick on Fetty for a second here because um, it's definitely one of the more interesting picks because of all the don't like you. You can rationalize needing a nose tackle. You can rationalize needing a three tech because the Lions don't have one of those guys for the future, other than John Penasini, I would say, and even him, he doesn't bring kind of the pass rushing um, traits that, that Michael's just talking about that Aline McNeil does. They don't necessarily really need an outside corner though. They've got two young guys. They signed one in free agency. Uh, so, uh, you know, Brad Holmes was asked, you know, is, do you see versatility in him? And he said, yeah, I can see him. It, it, it seems like he, he was kind of pushed into saying, yeah, you could see him at safety or you could see him at nickel. Um, but he said, ultimately, would leave it up to the coaching staff. I think you look at all the traits and it, it just screams outside the corner. He's long, he's tall. Um, he, you know, some people viewed him as, as the best press corner in his drafts. Um, a guy that maybe had a, a round two grade for a bunch of guys. Um but I think it was Brad Holmes who said he actually liked his his uh, his off coverage um, and and his ability to kind of sit in zone a little bit. So I don't know, Erica. What are your thoughts on Afedi in in terms of where where he fits in on the roster right now? Yeah, I, I think he's he's a natural press man, which is yeah. why it makes sense to to leave him at corner on the outside for me. Um, and what Brad Holmes said was what, um, I guess grew on him was his ability to play off and his ability right. to play zone. Um, and in this scheme, you're going to need to be able to do two things as a defensive back. You're going to need to be able to play press man if you're a corner and you're going to be, and you're going to need to be able to play, uh, cover three as well. So he was, he talked about him having that, uh, range in, in the, in the open space and, and he can do that in a cover three. I, I don't know if I want him necessarily like in a cover two and I don't want him at single high, that's for certain. But um, I do like the idea of kind of keeping him on on one half and moving him around to different spots, whether it's zone or, or, or man or whatever. For me, 
we there's you know 11 starters on on both sides of the ball but there's certain spots where the backup is equally as important as a starter right uh offensive tackle is one of them right you have you have decker you have uh sewell and then now crosby is your number three when crosby was the number three his first two years in the league he still started seven games you know what i mean like you have to have a good number three tackle because that tackle is going to play and it's such a vital position. And corner is another one of those spots. You have to have a good outside corner number three because corners are going to get hurt, corners are going to have off games, and they're going to need replacements. And it's one of those spots that where you need three on the outside in order to make it work. Look, Dunbar's great. He's on a one-year deal, and he's coming off a down season. He may not be the player that he was when he was in Washington. So if you're looking to develop three corners, you've just added that third guy. And if you think Melifonu can even be a matchup player, though, that's even better. Now you can expand some of his duties. He's not a guy that's going to start. Right. He, the other two guys can challenge to start. I think Melifanu is a project guy who they're going to use in a lot of different situations, but they're going to develop him into at least a number three. And maybe he competes to start, uh, you know, a year from now. But uh, it's a position where you need depth. And, and that's why I like the pick. Um, before we move on to what, looking ahead at, at day three options, I want to ask you, Mike, um, do you think that? Brad Holmes is maybe taking best player available to an extreme at this point because he made a big clear again tonight as he did after day one. This team is not going to anchor itself to immediate needs. They are going to get guys that they like. And every single time they were on the clock, he said they didn't really consider much of a trade down today because every time they were on the clock, they found a guy that they really liked. They found a guy that that was really their guy. Do you think that's a sound strategy at this point in, in the rebuild, or, or do you think maybe he's, he's taking things to an extreme? Look, I mean, it, it feels like a breath of fresh air around here, if, if I'm being honest. I mean, it, we're so used to uh, immediate need drafts or, uh, you know, Bob Quinn would would sort of compartmentalize uh, a lot on, on, on things that he missed the year before, and he would just super focus on, on get, you know, uh, fixing that the next year. Tight so – Right. Tight end, running back, you know, that sort of thing. Uh, So, yeah, no, I mean, I I, I look at this as this is there's no wonder. Like, again, we said it earlier. There's no wonder these guys are all on six year deals. I I think the general uh, uh, feeling around the the clubhouse and and everywhere, uh, front office, all the way up to the top is that this is this is a process. This is going to take some time to to uh, to put together. We're going to have to do it the right way and not the fast way. And uh, I, I honestly, I, I think that uh, this is, I'm on board, man. I, I, I would love to get some, some sexy playmakers in here and, and that would be great. But if it takes a while to build up to that and you have enough strength in, in the trenches where everybody says football games are won, I mean, why the hell not? Yeah. I, I don't necessarily disagree with that. I know, there are definitely some certain players that um, I think Lions fans would disagree with in terms of their value, like the fact that JOK fell as far as he did. Lions fans are, are pretty upset they didn't get him, but the Lions stuck to their plan. They stuck to their board, and they got a bunch of guys that I think were were good value picks, um, but maybe not good need picks. And and to me personally, I'm okay with that. Like I, you're you're at the beginning of a rebuild. 
just get talented players. That should be your number one goal. That's clearly what their number one goal is. And uh, we'll, we'll see if they were right in terms of the value of each of these guys. But let's move on to day three. Lions only have two picks, um, a fourth round pick and a, fi- and a fifth round pick. Still some interesting names available on the board. Um, Jabril Cox is probably the, the number one name, and the Lions have a, a definite need at linebacker. Um, but I know, Eric, your, your big safety pick that you've been kind of hammering all uh, all month, uh, all really since the beginning of the year, Jamar Johnson is still there. Are those maybe your two top guys still available right now? Yeah, I mean, I think those are those are the two that are are the best players on my board, and they're also two big needs, right? Yeah. So the, you could see the Lions definitely go fill them. Um, if you want to expand past those guys, uh, you know, there's a couple positions that have been hit very lightly, and um, I mean, look no further than running back. There's only been three or four taken. That's it, right? And I know when we get to day three, it's not is, you know, we won't hurt your feelings as much if we take a <laughs> running back. Uh, but, and, and, and if you look at where Holmes is familiar, it, it's possible he looks to take one. I don't think it's necessary, but there's only been a couple taken. I feel like the wide receiver market slowed down a ton uh, mm-hmm. in the third round. We only saw five of them go in the third round where we were seeing, we were seeing them a lot steadier uh, in, in the, earlier rounds so you still have a couple really good receivers that are there uh tylen wallace uh st brown from usc those are both guys that could challenge to start honestly they're both real good uh but then you also have like guys who are probably plug and play slot guys k johnson is uh is a a plug and play slot guy Jalen Darden, who you can you you could take him maybe in the fifth round. I think you could play him in the slot. I don't know if he's necessarily going to be the starter, but I think Kay Johnson would be. Um, so you've got a couple. You've got at least three receivers that you could look at. Um, you know, if you the offensive line, I feel like has been pretty picked over. There's the only couple of guys that are left are guys who have you know like had some injuries or or, or kind of. Um, guys with limited experience that are more upside guys. Uh, but, you know, there's still a couple of them that had – It was a, it's a deep class, so there's still a couple of those guys hanging around as well. Um, and there's five defensive tackles have been taken, but two of them are on the Lions roster. So <laughs> I, I don't know if they're going to – if they're going to take Nixon from Iowa, but he's the highest-rated D tackle if he wanted one. Um, edge has kind of been picked over as well, right? I think we're now into with the edge guys, it's all like situational right. and you've invested guys and you have guys on the roster. So I, I wouldn't be, I'd be a little bit surprised with that, but yeah, you've, you've got safeties, you've got linebackers, you've got receivers. Those are the, those are the spots where you can still get value players in the fourth round, you could still, as crazy as this is, you could still pick a starter at, at 112. Like that's, yeah. it's, I mean, on the one side, that's sad uh, because of the state of the roster, but then that's also good because you're going to get a player who can contribute uh, both short and long term. So uh, I'm excited for the, for this first pick of, of day three. All right, I'm going to give you the last word, Mike, because I know you've been pounding the table for a wide receiver. You're sick of seeing wide receiver after wide receiver passed over. So is there a, a one or two guys still on the board that you're you're just going to be praying that the lines are, are calling their name? 
Yeah, and it's two guys that that uh, Eric already mentioned. It's Tylen Wallace. It's Kay Johnson. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I think that both those guys could start day one. Um, and you need a playmaker. You you just you gotta have one. And the Lions just do not have one at this point. And and look, I'm not saying that you got to go get a wide receiver so you can go make the playoffs. Like obviously that's not gonna happen. But you you need somebody for the future. I I, I don't think whoever they pick tomorrow, if they take a wide receiver, is gonna be the last wide receiver that they take. I mean, maybe next year they they take one of the top guys off the board. I don't know, but. Definitely need a wide receiver. And if I could just throw one defensive guy in there that I've got a little crush on here. Yeah. Uh, it's Charles Snowden from Virginia, uh, six foot seven linebacker. Uh, I, there's just, I, I like the guy's size. Uh, I like his athleticism. I know that a lot of people probably aren't going to be big fans of him, but if the Lions can somehow grab him in the fifth or maybe. Maybe you know somehow get into the sixth round with another pick. I don't know. Grab him. I, I would. I would love to see what that kid can do in the pros. I think his future is as a pass rusher too. So it, it's yeah. an interesting. He's an interesting uh, guy. Mike calling his shot on his way out, which I appreciate. Um, thank you all for for joining us uh, all weekend. That will kind of end our live streaming coverage, um, but we will be back with a big new. Um, draft recap probably on Sunday night. You can join us live on Twitch and YouTube, um, twitch.tv slash uh, Pride Detroit or youtube.com slash c slash Pride Detroit. But until next time, thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.